Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. And happy Friday, the 23rd of February, 2024. We have a very special broadcast today. It's a little off the beaten path for what we normally do. That's very important. We're going to bring on with Johnny Enlow in just a few moments, a couple named Britt and Audrey Hancock. I've been visiting with them offline, but there's some serious things going on in Nicaragua and we're going to bring them on and the story's going to unfold, but you all need to hear this and, and be uh, in a place to pray for the, for many pastors over there who are in prison. And this is a very important one. So uh, don't go away. That's just because this is a little different. We need you and your thoughts and prayers and uh, emotional and every other kind of support. So uh, without further delay, we're not going to go ahead and do a, we're not going to do a, a well spot today. So without further delay, here's Johnny Enlow, and then we'll get this going. Well, welcome, Johnny. Good to see you. Now we're going to bring those guys on in just a minute. Um, uh, these t- talk about, you know, how you, how you know, these, uh, this couple, I've just been visiting with them with you. And then we'll bring them on. So uh, it's, the floor is yours. Well, so first of all, um, for those listening, uh, Britt and Audrey Hancock, who's, who are going to be on in, in just a moment, they are good friends of Elizabeth and myself, very good friends. Um, Audrey, I think, goes back to first grade times with Elizabeth. Oh, nice. They were roommates in Auburn University. And um, so they, them and their family, they have been close friends of ours for a long time. Um, Britt presided over the wedding ceremony of Chris and Justice, our daughter, a couple nice. years ago. So oh. that tells you uh, uh, some more that uh, some more there. And um, for those who don't know, there's a national news story that's um, they'll tell more about it upcoming here. It's made it, you know, it was on Fox News a few days ago. Uh, Britt was uh, on with Laura Ingram and telling about, um, you know, something that was going very well in the nation of Nicaragua, where they were doing very uh, large gatherings, stadium gatherings, let them tell that story. And um, and then suddenly they were uh, shut down and 11 of their pastors, missionaries from Nicaragua were uh, jailed and unjustly so. And so part of we want to tell you who are the listeners is um, th- there is, you know, prayer and an action point. Prayer is an action point, but there will be another one where we can assist and help them in um, drawing attention uh, to the situation there. A couple more things about um, Britt and Audrey, you know, their ministry, uh, Mountain Gateway. Um, in 2020, they, uh, Britt and Audrey, took uh, a whole team <clears throat> from their ministry and they did all 50 states uh, national capital prayer, uh, uh, prayer time. Uh, what do we call it? A prayer something or another. And so they invested um, in the governmental level, we'll say at the, for all the states. And, um, you know, I think there's some favor from that coming on them. There are in DC at this time, they'll be talking to us in just a moment. They'll be talking to us from Washington, DC, where they're having to be positioned for representation of, of their people uh, there. And um, they are just, again, uh, I wanted to be on because they're amazing people. I want to make sure everybody knew how amazing they were. And I, I told Steve ahead of time, 
you know, as a story is being told, if I'm here mainly if they're too humble, I, then I need to go ahead and just. <laughs> Well, let me ask this one question before we bring him on. Um, in fact, why don't you go ahead and bring him on while yeah. we're while we're talking? Because we've already so there's Audrey and Britt. Good to see you again. We've just been Hello. talking. How did you, Johnny? You can start with this uh, and anything else. But before you get going, I'd like to hear how did it get to Laura Ingram? Because lots of missionaries get in trouble, lots of trouble. They don't end up on international news. So what? Talk about that as well, Johnny. Well, I'll let um, Britt tell that because it's tied into a whole, um, he actually knows, I don't even know all, I know the endeavors they've been doing. I don't know what directly led up to that. So I'll let him uh, tell that in a moment. We were, uh, other part I'll just tell is that um, I was um, instrumental in connecting Britt and Audrey to Nicaragua uh, some years mm -hmm. ago. So we know the people they've been associated with and even, you know, their key leader there who's jailed. Uh, we know him. And so we totally, uh, you know, part of what they're going to point out to you is that the government there is charging them with something. And I will just if, if you're listening and you're wondering, well, what, what if what if it's true? Uh, you'll know it's not true. You'll be able to discern that anyway. But um, we'll just tell you that um, they are. Uh, they are of the highest integrity and and literally it's the couple uh, perhaps with the most integrity that we know in life. So they are, they are amazing people. Their sacrifice for the Lord and, and for this. They served over, uh, I didn't ask him this ahead of time, I think around 20 years in Mexico. They, they, they served with Dave Hogan, for those who know that name, for many years. And oh, so yeah. it was a lot of village you know, small villages and, and um, it was not spotlight type stuff. The Lord suddenly changed gear on them. And that's why they were doing um, stadium events. They were not um, uh, wired. They thought for, for doing the big type event that they've been doing the last year. And it's now thrust them into a position of having to interact, uh, you know, with government, government in the United States, the highest level, which uh, Britt and Audrey will tell you about some. So that's that's it. Just wanted to be able to present Britt and Audrey, and they are amazing people. Well, so let me just do this, uh, Britt and Audrey. I'm going to just, I'd ask you before to just tell the story. Start with where what you used to be in Nicaragua, <laughs> maybe when you started, and then how in the world did you get into international intrigue, whatever we want to call this. You know, tell us the story. Sure. Because uh, it'll help us know know where you came from. Eventually, you can tell us how you ended up on Fox. So uh, I'm just going to okay. turn it over to you guys and enjoy. So, Yes, sir. Um, we became Pioneer Missionaries in 1996. We were first in Paraguay. Our youngest son was born there. Then we moved to Mexico in 1997 to do village Pioneer Church planting, um, like Johnny said, with, with Freedom Ministries and David Hogan. So we worked full time, raised our children in Mexico, doing working in small villages. Um, we were with Freedom Ministries until 2009. We left in 2009 to to launch Mountain Gateway. In 2012, we were threatened. Our family was threatened by a, a cartel in Mexico, and we had to go into hiding and all, all kind of some not fun things. And so when we were in hiding, I called Johnny because I was like, uh, uh, you know, um, and he said to me, he, he just started encouraging me and us because my emotions were kind of haywire a little bit. And um, he said, 
look, you need to understand you're not alone. Why don't you come to this conference? So he invited me to this HIM conference in Pasadena. He had a bunch of his people, his friends from Latin America coming. And uh, so we went there and we met some of his friends. And it was there that we met this pastor from Nicaragua who invited us to come to Nicaragua for the first time because we didn't know if we were going to be able to go back to Mexico at that point. You know, we we have a growing footprint in Mexico. We're in about 100 villages still. Wow. We have two children's homes. We've rescued about 2,000 children from human trafficking, yeah. the, the missionaries that run run the two homes. There's a bunch of stuff that we do there, and, and it's still expanding. And so um, that's a that's a cool story of redemption, but it yeah. took it took a while for that to come around. So anyway, we we went to Nicaragua in 2012 um, to scout. Then I went back again in 2013 to get serious about looking into did Jesus do you want us there? And uh, the first guy that ended up being our national leader, a fellow named Walner Blandon. He got born again in June of 2013. Then we started working in small villages, which is what we do. Um, that's where our focus has been all these years. Um, then we obtained a coffee farm in 2017 and got into fair trade, fair labor practices side of things. Um, the government really liked that because we were paying a just and fair wage and trying to do some stuff, you know, our part, pushing back against the corruption in the coffee industry and launched a coffee brand in the United States. And um, and then the double hurricane, Iota and Eta hit Nicaragua, two category four slash five hurricanes, hit Nicaragua um, 13 yeah. days apart in exactly the same place. What year was that, Britt? 2020. Yeah. Wow. And that was the, the worst natural disaster that ever hit rural Nicaragua. There's other things that have affected the urban areas worse, but um, where we work, you know, it was really bad. It displaced 10,000 Nicaraguan families. Um, the first storm curled up into Honduras and, and affected even more people. And um, so we began to respond as we could. And then we, our donor base responded in a big way. And we had kind of a very accelerated footprint. I mean, we were just doing what we could to help. And we ended up being able to help out of that about 3,000 families from start to finish and grew our footprint and started, started. Uh, yeah, you can see like we were, uh, we were buying food in bulk. That was initial response there. Um, and then we helped everybody rebuild kind of from start to finish. We started off in small trucks, like you see there. Um, we ended up buying big trucks, two 18-ton trucks, um, dump truck, tractors for clearing roads and things like that, that we responded. And a boat. And a boat. Um, yeah, we had that that boat we had made, and it will it'll oh. haul 10,000 pounds of cargo up and down the rivers because we, we sort of picked this section of the Principulca River um, to to begin to respond to because there were a bunch of mosquito Indian villages there that we had been trying to get in and evangelize and they were just cold as ice. Hmm. But we responded with filters and tin and hose and those buckets are for gravity 
water filters that will produce surgical grade um, water, really pure water, and those are black Berkey filter um, uh, setups. And so anyway, we just started working and working and working and responding. Um, the government liked all that, and um, really we allowed the government to 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 set to, you know to participate in saying, uh, you know. We we allow this. We we did this. I didn't care, you know, and and because they were not putting restriction on us for the proclamation of the gospel. Um, our main leader, the man that I told you about, Wagner Blandon, he used to work in the government in high levels, and so he kept kind of dragging me into all these government meetings. And I was calling Johnny. I'm like, Johnny, this is Seven Mountain stuff, you know. It's just like <laughs> I don't know what's happening. So I ended up preaching to Congress and praying. Wow. Every, every department head and past presidents and, you know, people in the military and the police and so forth and so on uh, throughout, starting in about 2014, at 2013, I think we first prayed for Ricardo Mayorga, if you know who he is. He was a, he was a boxing champion from Nicaragua. He was kind of past his prime, but uh, Walner was friends with him. We went by his house and laid hands on for him. And then we were praying for the mayor of Managua. I didn't know who these people were, you know, Walner would just make a phone call and say, here, pray for this guy, you know? And so we would pray for him. And then, the, you know, the Lord would give me a word for him. And they would, they would say something like, Oh, I'm under stress and my job and the government and I can't Ooh. sleep. And, and the Holy Spirit would just touch them, you know, and, <laughs> and, awesome. and I, everybody in the government started calling me Bishop John, Obispo Juan. <laughs> so, That's, good. Anyway, That's because his first name is John. He's John Britton. And so they would call him Juan. For yeah. So that's easier to say in Spanish than Brit, you know. And so, <laughs> yeah. So, so everybody in the Latin world for the almost the last 30, 30 years calls me Hermano Juan, Brother John. And so anyway, we just had this like expanding footprint and, and the Lord was teeing us up to set us up in the eyes of the government that we were not a threat. Yeah. And, um, you know, I met with high level people in the Sandinista party and the general oh. secretary there. And these with some of them, I was the first evangelical leader that ever met with them. And um, the the meetings would start off pretty frigid and sort of they would try to take things political. But the Lord really put on me uh, two messages, Micah 6, 8, you know, um, do justly, love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And um, we found out that everyone there, and I think that's probably true everywhere, that everyone that has decision making responsibility in the government, in a church, in a business, in, anywhere, they fill a void. They, they everybody wants help making decisions. There's a wisdom differential. Yeah. So, you know, we just stood on the promise that God would put words in our mouth uh, when we were there. I'm like calling Johnny, going, "I don't know what to do. You're the guy who's who's meeting with presidents and <laughs> earthquakes and all these countries and." all the stuff that you do, you know, like I'm, I've just been hiking in the mud for 25 or 30 years. You know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Help me, Jesus. 
<laughs> Good. He, he did uh, pretty That's amazingly. Good. So put started putting words in our mouth, and we saw him seize atmospheres that were pretty hostile, and he would just change the environment, and they would just kind of melt. And we would end up laying hands on him and praying for him or whatever. And I took serious, you know. If the, I mean, some of some of these people were pretty aggressive, old revolutionaries who were pretty hostile to the gospel who would just like kind of transform and get respectful and let us lay hands on them and pray for them. And uh, I would tell them, you know what? Um, uh, let, let me ask God to give you wisdom because he's going to answer my prayer because he'll That's give good. me what I ask for. And uh, and so I would lay hands on them and pray for them to have wisdom to just to, to govern justly so that their people could live in peace and prosperity and that they could rest well at night. And and, um, you know, basically, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of these people were turned into witchcraft um, to fill in the, the wisdom differential. Mm -hmm. And um, we just asked the Holy Spirit to sort of interrupt all that process through the Santeria witchcraft practices that so many of those governments practice and all that's because in in when they're alone they feel alone and they want help making decisions so so they turn to the devil yeah. you know and there's there's not a lot of penetration on that mountain if you will in the mountain of government and yeah. we found out that there's so much like often compromise in their interactions with with other pastors and and leaders not everyone but some of them that i i don't know it just was some dysfunction that we we kept running into and hearing about and uh we didn't ask for anything in any of the meetings so they were kind of like i don't know what to think about this guy you know but the the lord was disarming them and framing us in a positive light so all that to say that there was this multi-year tee-up inside the government where when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he told me, son, I, I've decided to do something sovereign in Nicaragua that no one can stop. And I, I just want to know, will you say yes? And I was like, well, yes, Lord, you know, I don't, it's just, you know, I'm a ready fire aim kind of guy. And so <laughs> that's what I was saying yes to. And <laughs> well, you came up under David Hogan, I would think so. Evangelism crusade yeah. in all of our years of ministry, wasn't sure about it. We spent the last 30 years ministering. Um, uh, we spent the last 30 years ministering in the personal you know, relationship orbit of everyone really that we engaged with kind of hyper-focused life on life, one-on-one -on -one discipleship, because in our church planning, what we do is we put all of our time into the local pastor, you know, because we believe that the gospel needs local roots in order to really have longevity. And so anyway, so for, for me to even think about doing a mass evangelism campaign of, with these what turned into be massive open air meetings. You know, I know about those, but I never knew like how much do they cost? What are the logistics involved? Like I didn't have a clue. So. Uh, Brit, Brit. Thanks for listening. 
the Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. One yes. second, before you go on, let me make sure people didn't miss something you just said. There is, uh, you know, the reputation of missionaries sometimes, we'll say missionaries, the bad reputation of missionaries is they're taking offerings and there's always, okay, they're doing something for money. And Brits, what he, what he was just telling us, they sowed for years. They did everything they did. They did with no offerings, no, uh, you know, and nothing from the government. And they only gave things free. And so this identity they were developing within the, with the gut, within the government is like, these people are true blue. They just do it for the love of people, uh, which is of course what missions are, are, are supposed to be. But I just want to make sure everybody got that clear. That's how he's, he's building this repertoire, this reputation um, of trust within the government there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's very true, Johnny. Actually, we had um, the executive branch of the government kind of run interference in a few transactions that we had and said, no, 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 you're not going to, you're not going to kind of do underhanded things to these people. They're here really to help our people and have a history of helping because our investment in the nation got more and more and, and, and it, I don't know how, I mean, it's extraordinary for, for us to think it's now run into the millions of dollars that we've been able to sow into the country. And, wow. um, you know, just an expanding footprint. And I started doing things I didn't know, you know, I mean, you know, you don't, you just don't know sometimes what the Lord has in mind. And, um, uh, we started buying vehicles and we started buying machinery and we started buying all these things that, that, that when I made the decision, it was like, well, why did you just do that? Well, I don't know. I just know it's right. And the Lord would make it work. And then, you know, we would see a few months later, even up to a year later, oh, wow, you know, we're, we're able to instantly respond to things, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I am just pretty amazing a series of events that that just teed all this up. So the Lord spoke to me. Um, evangelist, evangelist Nathan Morris invited me to Orlando to his office in May of 2022 to be, he has a, like a God TV program that he does and a bunch of things. And, and um, we've known each other since the Bay of the Holy Spirit revival days in 2010 that happened in Mobile, Alabama. Ooh. He preached that. And so, I've known him since then. And so he invited me to be on his show and the, and this, you know, Jesus really came in the studio in a pretty dramatic fashion. And Ooh. he did something in my heart and, and, um, I, I, I left the studio, um, you know, they mentioned his, his Latin American coordinator, his name is Mauricio Canales. He mentioned to me without knowing that we worked in Nicaragua. He just knew us from the Mexico context. He mentioned to me that they're trying to get in Nicaragua, but the country was closed because they were they were sealed tight since 2018. No open air meetings. No, no, like everybody had to stay like inside. Like, like they really clamped down on the country. They started kicking out NGOs that were being aggressive with everybody. You know, the numbers up to 3,600 NGOs that they've kicked out and seized their property. It's like 
aggressively wow. repressive. Um, anyway, Mauricio mentioned that to me and I didn't say anything, but I had something kind of explode in my heart. And I thought, I think we can get Shake the Nation's permission to do a crusade in Managua. I mean, that's the, the thought that I had. I left there and then over the next two or three weeks, it kind of grew in my heart. And then I, and, and then it turned into, I think Nathan would say yes to doing multiple events in every region of the country. Cause the, the country's not that big. It's size. It's the size of the state of Alabama and has 6.8 million people in it. Well, and yeah. so, I mean, that's a lot of people, but, yeah. but comparatively speaking, right. I, I don't know. I just felt like, I think we can do a series of events and, and space them out geographically so that we could put an event within geographic reach of every single person in the entire country, should they choose to come. In other words, we didn't want geography or location to create a hardship on the people that the kind of people that we work with that live like two days up the river. Yeah. That most of the big events, they happen in capital cities and mm -hmm. they don't ever really, they don't hear about them and they can't go to them because they can't afford to get there. You know, they don't have a place to stay. It takes them days and that kind of thing. So I felt like that, um, that this, that shake the nations as a ministry, would be willing to go to small places if we included all the urban area. In other words, we just wanted to do the, the whole country. <laughs> like, let's just go from A to Z. Let's don't leave anybody out. Well, you know, I, like I started to say earlier, you grew you came in under David Hogan for how many years were you in his ministry? 19 it, years. Isn't he sort of like ready, shoot, aim to? Uh, yes, he is. He's, uh, he's, he's raw voltage and, and, and he, I think he has one gear, you know, that, that's drive. <laughs> hey, him in his, his raspy voice, someone's saying, hey, you can't go through that rushing, uh, river with that vehicle. He goes, yeah, but, well, you, I don't know where you're going to go. I'm going through that right yes, now. Sir. I can just hear him say. <laughs> yes, so, yes. And I, yeah. I, you know, we were in a bunch of his bunch of the stories that there are and extraordinary thing. You know, I have, I have deep gratitude for all that the Lord did in our hearts there and teed us yeah. up, you know, for, for kind of running this path. And so anyway, I wanted to do a series of crusades to shake the entire nation. And I actually told Nathan, what's the name of your ministry? Shake the nations. But is that what you do? Is it, do you go shake a nation or do you go shake cities? Like, like, what do you want to do? And he was like, and he's a, he's a, um, he's a yes person to Jesus too. And he's like, let's go, let's go, you know, let's do it. And so yeah. anyway, he did look at me like, I don't think you know what you're asking. I don't think you know what you're saying because we figured it would be 15 or 20 locations. And, and, um, naively. So I thought we could get that done in about two months. And <laughs> I had no idea what it takes to convene, to move two or three or 400,000 people, you know, to an event. When you first, when you had these ideas of these gatherings, were you seeing instantly these 100,000 plus venues? What I, what I, what I saw was, okay, Lord, if you want to do this, 
then I'll just say yes. Here's, I, I, um, I walked a very difficult path learning the lesson that when the Lord asked me to do something, that obedience is about one thing and one thing only. It's just about obedience. It's not about factoring outcomes. Yeah. And so I've gotten in trouble. I don't know about you all, but I've gotten in trouble because I've mixed, mixed hope into the definition of success. And so I, I now try to peg success in my heart as obedience with all my heart. It, it, the scripture says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it with all your heart. So to me, if he says to me that I want you to do 20 events, uh, I'm going to be successful if two people each event come because I'm I see. doing what it's That's a really good way of responding to that. So yeah. it didn't matter how many the numbers were or were not. Honestly, honestly, like yeah. I've spent so many years all in pursuing one person in the bottom side of a canyon somewhere and had my life in danger so much in the pursuit of souls that that's just, I mean, that's just what we do. Yeah. So, but having said that, yeah, tell about your first couple of places you did. Oh, here's what we did. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. Nathan said, can you guarantee me that the path that you're talking about the entire nation? We're going to need all the pastors, not just one denomination. We're going to need all the pastors in Nicaragua. Can you guarantee me that they're going to unify? I said, no, I can't guarantee you that. You know, but I can do my best. I, I, I can try. I can do what I can do. And the idea came to me. It was, I, it was God to like I, I, to send an invitation to as many pastors as we could contrive to get together in three different locations that we felt like would give us a sampling of the pastoral leadership in the nation in, yeah. in three different regions. And so we went to the major regions. We went to, you know, the, the Caribbean North and the Caribbean South. And then we went to, to Managua. I didn't even like, we were unknown in Nicaragua. Nobody knew Puerto de la Montaña, you know, mountain, that's what mountain gateway is in Spanish. It doesn't even sound like a church, you know, yeah. some of them were like, what is that? What is that? Is that like a, like, is that a, is that like, is that a farm or is it a cattle ranch or like, what is that? You know? And so, but, um, the, the, I figured if we got 200 pastors in each location together, we would be successful. 600 pastors in a rural context. That's like the whole world to us. Cause we work in small villages that are hard to get to. Yeah. And so, we got to the first meeting. Walner went and did his thing, and and we got to the first meeting. And the 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 church building where we had the meeting, the people were spilling out into the street. There were twelve over twelve hundred people crammed into the building. Nine hundred of them were senior pastors. Whoa, whoa! We, we went to the next meeting the second day. Seven hundred pastors showed up. We this is before the events. This is this before the events. This, this is just, like, this is just, this a, just a vision casting meeting to say, hey, we have this idea. What do y'all think? And then we wanted to call them to action. We wanted to call them to unity and hard work. 
And because we really, God spoke to me that this was a John 17 thing and that it was, it started by God putting two very different ministries together. Yeah. Uh, 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 a grassroots church planting village ministry together with a crew, you know, a, a mass evangelism campaign ministry that does massive events. And they've been doing, you know, uh, events and the kind of the Ron, Reinhard Bonnke kind of thing for years. And so the Lord drew us both, both together in a John 17 seed. And that's where, that's literally where it started. And then he started speaking to me and, you know, I, I may not be the most discerning person, but when, by the time we got to the third meeting and there were 1500 pastors there and we had to turn away six busloads of pastors because they couldn't fit in the building. Wow. <laughs> I was like, and then the Lord was speaking to me and we prayed, uh, Audrey said, we need a prophetic symbol. And I'll let her tell you real quick about the symbol that we used in these meetings. Um, this is pretty amazing. Hey, everybody. So as we were trying to even start gathering and inviting pastors to these meetings, um, Walner would say, these pastors are fighting for a position and that one person wants to be on stage. And if he's not on stage, he's not coming. And if that pastor comes, he's, the other's not going to come. And there was all this in, you know, like bickering. And it was just like, I was thinking, why did they want to be in charge of a meeting that we are having? And, and so as I was praying, as I was thinking about it, I thought what I really want is for the people, these pastors to understand that this is an opportunity to work hard. It's not an opportunity to be like the star of a show. And so um, as I was praying about it, I felt like the Lord showed me to use a garden hoe as a symbol. Oh, great. That's very that's smart. Why yeah. is everything? I can see that. <laughs> yeah. First, I was thinking like a trowel. And then Walner's like, Mama, that's what he calls me, Mama. And so Walner said, Mama, I think we should make it a garden hoe. And so I was like, that's perfect. And so I said, get get one for each district for the country. And so there's 17 and I, I mean, 16. So they put Nicaragua on the handle. And then at each of these interest meetings, I, um, I got up and talked to them about what does it mean to work hard? What does it mean to be willing to sweat and to have a blister and that we need to not fight one another, but we need to work together and that um, we need to use that hoe to get rid of the weeds in our lives, to get rid of the sin, and then to use that same hoe to plant seeds of righteousness and to walk in unity, walk in righteousness. And I said, so what I'd like you to do is that if you're willing to work hard and work side by side together as pastors, I want you to come up here and sign your name on a hoe. And I said, I will be the first one to sign. And so I got a marker and I signed my name on a hoe handle. And then we had all of the hose on the around the front and all these markers, and they all flooded forward. Oh yeah, we, we have we have thousands of names on about. Well, we had them. The government confiscated them. I think we we sent out about six or eight of these things, but we had thousands of names of pastors. And Johnny can tell you that in the Latin world, when you sign something, when you firmar something, you know, it's, it's like a, a really strong compromiso. Really? Uh, what, what, uh, I lost my English. Help me, Johnny. Commitment. 
it's a strong yeah. commitment. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, so, so the altar call, we called them to repentance. We called them to unity. We called them to hard work. They ran to the front, you know, signed their names on these hoes. Amazing. And we got permission from the government to, to start. And so then we, we started the logistics. Our team blew up. I don't know. You know, Walner had run, been involved in presidential campaigns down there. So he knows how to run a ground game. And we just went to work. And then the Lord responded in a dramatic fashion with the money to, to fill this. And because it ended up costing us about $5 million to do these eight, eight, eight meetings, uh, eight, eight, eight campaigns or crusades or whatever you want to call them. And, um, yeah, tell a little bit of, yeah, every, every field that we procured to have one of the campaigns in God filled it, filled it up with desperate people. So the first one we had in a town of, yeah, that's, that's the last one we did. That's over 200,000 people in the national plaza and in Managua. That's the largest meeting that ever happened in the history of the country. Really? That's the largest, say that again. That's the largest single planned meeting that's ever happened in the history of Nicaragua right there. Wow, and just this, you'll be, you'll see interest. You'll be interested in this. If you can see those little curly Q trees that are different color, right? Um, those are called trees of life or something like that. If you were to look them up, but um, that what they really are is uh, that's witchcraft fetish, and in the foundation of every one of those trees, there's a blood sacrifice on those trees. And then if you can see, kind of going off to the right side of the picture, you see there's a boulevard and then you see the trees going down the boulevard. Right. The capital city of Managua, those trees are all, they're up and down every main boulevard and every tree has a blood sacrifice in the foundation. That's all witchcraft. And what you're looking at literally is God making a public spectacle out of communism and witchcraft and ideology that's contrary to life and the gospel. That right there is impossible. Yeah. Jesus did that. That's right. We didn't do that. I mean, we worked hard. Listen, y'all, we had 10,000 volunteers canvassing that city, going door to door. We had 18,000 people pray to receive Christ. The two weeks before we had that meeting. Before. There, before. From door to door. We had a thousand churches in Nicaragua motivated. We, we trained this massive force of thousands of volunteers. We saw God unify 6,000 churches in Nicaragua. It was an, an extraordinary move of God. And so that's me. Like I, I'd be up on the platform. And so I was, was that Managua. Was that Managua too? Let me see. No, no, I don't. That was not Managua. I, I, I don't know which one that was. They kind of ran together. But but the first the first campaign that we had was in a town, a rural town called Somotillo, close to the border of Honduras. Somotillo has got like I don't remember exactly. It's like thirty three to thirty four thousand people, twenty four thousand people packed onto the baseball field where we were meeting. The next meeting was in Chinandega. It's like a hundred and this picture is Esteli. That's the baseball stadium in Esteli. There was forty thousand people crammed in that baseball stadium, and about six or eight thousand people in the streets outside that couldn't get in. 
Um, don't remember. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. <laughs> Where this one was. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I, I don't know. Like, it's crazy that I know that standing on a platform, you can only physically see about 40,000 people. The rest of them bleed into the distance. and You can't really? see them. We had crowds of 70,000, 85,000, 60,000. We had people. We had two meetings. That's their son. Just tell them that's your son. That's our son, Jacob. He's he's also indicted. Uh, like we were we were all preaching to all these people. I mean, we had more people. That's his, that's his wife, Cassie. And he was um, on just a couple of days ago on the Elijah Fire, if you want to hear more from that as well. That was so good. Yes, and, and we saw massive outbreaks of simultaneous mass healings. Really? I can't tell you how many people got born again, responded to the call to meet Jesus. Uh, I, I, you can't, I could every, every time I, you can't see the end of the hands from the front to the back. Um, literally, I mean, I, I, I never thought I would really know in my lifetime what a certified multitude is. We saw a bunch of them, like I, I, every one of these things, I saw more people respond to Jesus than I had in the total combined 30 years of our ministry every single night. Yeah. Every and then single. we had every class of miracle that you can find in the Bible happening. Really? I about notable miracles. People coming out of wheelchairs, blinded eyes, deaf ears, witchcraft, uh, uh, cancer, all kinds of sickness and disease. It, it was electrifying and very sovereign. And uh, God literally shook the entire country. Uh, and I'm deeply grateful for the Lord allowing me to have any part of that. You know? And remind us now which year, months or years were all these combined in, all these were between. Year. It started last February okay. and then it went to November. 2023. Managua, that picture of, of Managua, that was, you know, that was a couple months ago that that happened. Now, how, we better get into the story of where things yeah. turn now. I think you've got a really good picture. I know we could probably talk for a couple more hours about the miracles alone. But yeah. talk, begin to talk about when things turned uh, and, you know, then eventually. Where you're at now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah where, where we are now. now. Uh, yeah. yeah, we... We went from extraordinary oh, and deep gratitude to um, in favor with and, and an amazing favor um, to where we are now. On on December the twelfth, uh, the police showed up at one of our campuses in Nicaragua and arrested Walner Blandon, our principal leader. Uh, Within uh, from between the 12th and the 17th, they had arrested all the crusade coordinators, which were also pastors, some of them of big churches, and then they arrested four of uh, yeah, there they all are. Then they arrested four of our principal rural church planting pastors who, you know, like one of them lives in a, in a, in a house made out of adobe brick and has no running water, no electricity, like. What, what I'm saying is those those people are like zero threat to the government. 
Um, and what is the charge? They arrested them. Do they charge him with something? Does everybody get charged? Yeah, with the they did. Thing? They charged us with money laundering. And then they sort of, you know, we've not been officially charged, but they do these press releases letting us know there's no due process of law. We've not seen any charging documents. There's no access to, to um, um, you know, there's no attorney client privilege. Our attorney has not had any private meetings with them, uh, so forth and so on. It's, it's really bad. Um, they is, see- was there some, was there some precipitating anything that they decided, Hey, all of a sudden we don't like this. We're threatened. Or was there nothing that know. anyone knows? Obviously know there's that big meeting. Yeah. yeah that, 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 I mean, it's everybody who knows, including everybody in the state department. Cause I've, t- I've met with, you know, high level people in the state department and people in the U S Congress that are acclimated and deal with situations in Latin America that are, that are familiar with Nicaragua's recent history. They're like, Hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt why this happened. Um, it, 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 you can, and I encourage all of you to look into Nicaragua's behavior in the last five years. You, it's all over the news. There's hundreds of news stories about it, uh, about their behavior, about the way they repress. There was an attempted uprising and, and attempted overthrow of the government in 2018. Um, they brutally repressed that, and then they've been on lockdown ever since. And whatever happened, um, they told me at the State Department um, that they they really aggressively uh, sort of started attacking the Catholics because the Catholics are centrally controlled, and the Pope got involved with their priests, and they started throwing priests in prison because they were decrying the human rights violations. And uh, so that they, they do this, you know, there's this, the real reason that things are happening. And then there's the, there's the visible civil case that goes on. And so they arrested this, this priest, his last name was Alvarez. Uh, and they charged him with treason and they found him guilty. And then he had kind of this year and a half odyssey in prison. And then um, they uh, started arresting other priests for doing things uh, as simple as praying for him in mass. And so they would, there's eyes and ears in all the churches. Um, can, they, can to be clear, was are those, pre, the thing that the priest had nothing to do with the, you're going back in time about what happened before you correct. guys showed up. Okay. Let me and, jump in. Yeah, Let me jump yeah, in. Didn't have any, the Catholic situation didn't have anything to do it with. It just the kind of is like a baseline. Let me jump in. Let me jump in. So if you're not getting what he's saying, so, Basically, in the way it'll work, the government is excited to help them because they have been so kind. They have been authentic. They poured millions into their country. It's great. And as long as they, you know, their favor's not too much, then it's okay. But it hits them that once they, there's something about when they hit that 200,000 crowd that nobody's ever done. And it's in this place. This is one of the ways they rein in things that are growing in the nation is even when other Christians have had events, big events in the capital there, it's so full of witchcraft. And there is a strong witchcraft thing we won't go into right now from the very top, but Britt was already telling you. And when the witchcraft can't stop them and there's that big of a thing, all of a sudden they're a threat. 
I and see. so the moment somebody decided they're a threat, then all of the immense favor disappeared in an, inst- in an, in an instant. So what Britt was given an example of is just um, what what happened even with a, a Catholic group. But they have, uh, Britt may know this or may have said this as well, that I think there are over 100 other pastors um, yeah. in prison in Nicaragua. So this is what they do. They just shut down religion in every way, anything that would challenge them in any way. Uh, their and, and so, and so, it's not just government officials being threatened uh, by the crowd itself, but witchcraft-controlled government officials. Is that kind of a more oh, clear? Sure. Yeah. There, there were six groups of witches chanting and doing incantations during the Crusade of Managua. Wow. And we had other ones that were doing animal sacrifices and things that that you know they were yeah, doing. Yeah. They were doing their thing um, uh, around all of the the crusades but like like johnny said managua was the hitch pin like it's their real seat of power and they were sort of content until we moved the capital city until god moved the capital city like he did and so brie i'm gonna i'm gonna help fast forward it for you to get to why you're on uh the original question that Steve was asking me, and I said, Britt will do a better job of answering why you're on Fox News, what you're doing in yeah. in government in D.C. right now, and how we can even bring those that are uh, online with us. Ways yeah. we, they all obviously are picking up, okay, prayer is one way, and then you can and begin to tell whatever other way they, they can assist us as well. But tell yeah. the Fox News and how that's okay. Nicaragua has become increasingly uh, isolationist. They pulled out of the Organization for American States. They kicked out the Red Cross in December. Um, they've kicked out, you know, 3,600 NGOs. They, they purged the judicial branch in December of 900 people. Like, there's no separation of powers or independent um, independent branches in the government, straight up. And so our government knows that. Um, so uh, there's a bunch of sanctioned individuals, if you didn't know, um, by our government. Um, the reason that I keep referring to the Catholics is because they kind of were right ahead of us in the arrest and the release of people that the situation was similar. They were not convening, they were not convening mass crowds but they were perceived as a threat. Hmm. And so we got into the, the perception of threat because as the State Department told me, we saw the evangelical church unify basically under one purpose. And um, they were responding and following the move of God and, and it was highly logistical and coordinated and very complex. So we had the financial backing and the team and the ability to to do this and it was growing. Uh, So that's why we became a threat. Well, we found out that in order to convince uh, the Nicaraguan government to release our pastors out of prison that we needed the United States Congress to get involved, to get the State Department involved, 
to hopefully get the White House involved um, so that the State Department can, through their channels and all the, the ways that they can, put pressure on the Nicaraguan government that congressmen and senators would make public comments on their social media, go on the floor of the House and the Senate and make floor speeches, hold hearings, pass resolutions, and then keep pressure on the State Department to make sure that it doesn't, that it remains a front burning issue so that they will respond. Well, what yeah. we found out is, is that the State Department was ready to respond and they, they had a big file on our case. And, and I don't know what all they do, but there's already been a briefing by the State Department to our coalition. Anyway, so I didn't know what to do. I grew up in Alabama. I just started telling our supporters and then somebody knows somebody knows somebody, you know, and then and then people started making calls. And then before you know it, you know, pastors know people who know people who who can get you the cell phone numbers to their friends. And then I, it's sovereign. I mean, really, it is. Yeah. Wow. So Congressman Robert Robert Adderholt from Alabama sent me a cell phone number and said, absolutely, I'll help. Tell Brett to call me. I ended up meeting with him because I came to the National Prayer Breakfast uh, in Washington, D.C. I spent 20 minutes with him. And then that started connecting us. Uh, then other people that have connections that have worked in the State Department that knew so-and-so and then, yes, I'll help. And then we somehow we got to people who know Laura Ingram, who God really touched who told Laura, um, God touched Laura, and she said, oh, we need to talk about this. I mean, literally. Wow. I, I, here's what I felt like, um, brother. I felt all, all year in 2023 that God, I was watching God do what he told me. He's doing something sovereign that no one can stop. I kept having this sense, oh my goodness, you know, God is making things happen. Like, <laughs> yes, it it's expensive and we got to do the, I mean, we got to do the logistics, but you can spend a lot of money and not have, not have response. I mean, God yeah. moved everyone involved, including the Nicaraguan government. And so I have the sense now that now he's moving the United States government because uh, within, before 10 days was out, I came, I, I came to Washington and I started having meetings. And who knew that an unknown person can come and start walking the halls of Congress and walk into offices. And if you have enough time, you can, you, you can get meetings with people that have power. Tell some names. Just tell some names. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Who you met with oh, yeah. and who's, and who's oh. about to. Yeah, I can tell you who's in our coalition that I've talked either directly with them or their people. And then um, the Alabama delegation, which means both senators and every representative that's in Washington from the state of Alabama, 
wrote this letter to the to the Nicaraguan ambassador and they circulated it through the entire Congress. And in about six days, we had 58 signatures from members of both houses, bipartisan. Wow. Wow. With three Democrats on here. And so everybody that I can look into their eyes are engaging and they're helping. I'll read you the list. Well, the, I don't want you to try to read that list. That will take that. Not will take the 58 two. ones. Yeah. No, I was just saying a couple. But let me jump in on something real quick here. Uh, and by the way, Johnny, real quick, they also before, uh, they said that they have that two minute video of the representative talking before the House. So yeah, that, we want to show that one. Whenever. That will be good real soon. Um, let me jump in. Just something Britt hasn't said so people know even the prayer effort that goes in. So um, there's the 11 pastors uh, that are there. And one is a mom who's separated from her child as well. And and you're wondering, are they out on bail? No, they're all in prison this whole time. But Britt and Audrey's son and daughter-in-law, they showed you the picture of, they are also charged. And so is Britt. And they're charged with all these serious charges and so there's six other nations as well as Nicaragua. They can't go to have they have extradition rights uh, um, with them. And so, like, if they try to show yeah. up and go to these countries. So there's in a way it's blown up in the natural. If you look at it, it looks like it's blown up their whole work. Uh, they've seized all their assets. They've seized everything. They've locked everybody up. It, it looks like they've um, they've shut down and locked down everything. I know. And I believe the Lord is playing chess and he's put like in Britain, Audrey, he's put his two purest assets in the middle of Nicaragua. And he is he is going to um, he's going to bring a big surprise to those who think they're running things even from that nation. But that's sort of mm-hmm. some of the prayer directive um, uh, for those of you uh, listening. And so you understand the seriousness of it because it it. it and theoretically shuts them down in some ways. But again, if God opens the door, no man can close. And that's that's what we're for. But I wanted that part of it to get out on the work going into the winding down phase phase of this. Yeah, but, um, I think that knowing that Maricela um, is in prison, she's the one woman. She's married to Walner. So they have two children and she had a two month old when she was put in prison. And so for these last two months, she's not been able to be with her little bitty baby, this little one. And so then they she, they also have a two and a half year old who every day is saying, can I call mama? Can I call mama? Can I call mama? Mm. And so there's no communication and it's just heartbreaking. And so, you know, it was religious persecution that has gotten our pastors into prison, but it's also human rights violations that's keeping them there. Yeah, we're going to be tried in absentia, uh, myself and Jacob and Cassie, beginning March the 4th. And the rest of them are going on trial as well. Um, There's no charging documents. Um, There really is no case. They're they're just doing whatever they're doing, you know. And so is this a good time, Britt, to maybe have um, the statement that was read in in Congress there? Sure. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and play that then, Emily. Here we go. Madam Speaker, I rise today to recognize the 13 Mountain Gateway officials that have been separated from their families and wrongfully imprisoned in Nicaragua. 
Our founding fathers in America established our First Amendment, which guarantees the freedom of religion. While we are blessed that the United States assures these rights, other countries and governments do not offer these same liberties. Mountain Gateway is an evangelic ministry based in Texas that desires to make Jesus Christ's name known to all nations. The organization has had relations with Nicaragua since 2013, establishing churches, humanitarian relief projects, and a fair trade coffee farm that provides income to rural residents. This past year, Mountain Gateway held a series of mass religious worship services in Nicaragua with the government's approval. Throughout eight separate gatherings, more than one million people attended. The Nicaraguan government began arresting Mountain Gateway affiliated personnel shortly after their most recent service in Managua on false claims of money laundering. 13 Mountain Gateway officials are currently being held in prison with no access to legal counsel, no visits from their relatives, and no access to the allegations against them. Beside me are pictures of a family that has been separated because of this catastrophe. The children who are also U.S. citizens are currently separated from their family due to the wrongful imprisonment of their parents. The response in the Nicaraguan government is unacceptable. While the current U.S. open border has allowed over 300,000 Nicaraguans to access America since 2021, the Nicaraguan government has targeted numerous U.S. citizens to be arrested and extradited to Nicaragua and separated two U.S. children under the age of three from their parents. As an American and a strong supporter of religious freedom, it is hard to grasp the reality that other nations do not have the freedom to worship in peace. I condemn the actions by Nicaraguan authorities against both Nicaraguan and American citizens for worshiping the God who created them, and I will be praying for the peace and comfort for the individuals and their families until they are safely united. Praise God. Praise God on that. Emily, uh, I'm going to have her post you guys' website for the final minutes here. Um, tell us anything else that you want people to do, and then maybe we'll close with um, Britt and Audrey. I may just have you lead us in a few minutes of prayer Thank from you. your heart. Sure. Uh, for the people with them in mind of helping them know how to pray. But what else is your what final things would you like us to? As we're meeting right now and trying to get meetings like like Senator Ted Cruz is committed to help us. Um, um, uh, uh, there's four senators that are really on board with us and 13 representatives beyond just signing a letter. They're they're like committed to continue we're meeting with more and more representatives and senators. So we need, we need the Lord to expand our, uh, our coalition of people who are willing to sort of stay with this as long as it goes and continue to do floor speeches and resolutions and things of that nature. And then, um, so if you can reach out to your senators and your representatives and, um, and, and ask them to take action on this. Uh, we certainly need you to pray for our brothers and in a broader sense, pray for Nicaragua because like Johnny said, the State Department told me that there's a, there's a hundred other evangelical Nicaraguan pastors in prison right now that no one really knows about. And we also have two lawyers that worked on our Thank you, paperwork yes. and our registration that the government shut down that law firm and put two women in jail. And so we that's why um, Representative Westerman mentioned 13 people. 
because there's 11 pastors and coordinators as well as the two lawyers. So if you all if you understand that as soon as they hired a law firm, they jail and shut they shut down the law firm and jail the attorneys. So that just tells you. And that's not who's, that's not who's defending us and our pastors for yeah. what's going on right now. This is who for the last eight years has worked for us doing all of the paperwork to make sure that we were doing everything right with registration and making sure. Yeah, what they're doing, the what they're doing is breaking what they what I mean, it's obvious. They're just clamping down and erasing our footprint in Nicaragua and any all of our leadership and all of the structure that convened this mass movement there. They've locked down on it. And and uh, what their pattern has been is they're going to exile them and get rid of them out of the country. They'll take their citizenship away from them and try to send them to the United States or another country. Um, Emily had told me a little earlier that there's there's a, other detailed links that she's putting in the uh, description below. Um, also, is there a donation link to you guys? And um, we uh, can give that to Emily. Can they get to that donation link through MountainGateway.org? Yes. Yes. yes oh, okay. okay. So if yeah, it's maybe that's on the website. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so super helpful. Oh, okay. So that's a, pastors and their families, and then we're paying a, a lawyer to do all of the defense. And so- Well, we have multiple law firms engaged with this because yes, of its complexity, international law. Uh, we're gonna bring a case to the to the Inter-American Court and the United Nations and th those kinds of things um, for multiple reasons. And, but we really need to pray that this, they, they, um, they weaponized, you know, the use of Interpol to, to get these other countries to kind of engage. And um, like Johnny said, we have immigration arrest orders um, from six other countries. Most problematic to us is Mexico. We like we uh, Jacob that. and I yeah. and Cassidy, like our two families, we can't go to Mexico and that's bad because we got a lot going in Mexico. Yeah, I understood totally. Well, okay. Um, would you guys, you two, Britain, Audrey, would you uh, just pray for, uh, with with and for you yourselves and everything that's on your heart so we can just join along with those prayers. I feel your heart and join with you. Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah, start. Would you, would you pray Britain. first? Okay. No, Jesus, we just know that you are right here with us. You are the one that we want to keep our eyes yes, fixed Jesus, when we feel desperate, we want our eyes fixed on you because you're the one who leads us. You're the one who guides us. Jesus, Father, I pray for yes, all of Lord. our 11 pastors who are in prison, for our two yes, lawyers Lord. who are in prison, for yes, those 100 God. other pastors that we didn't even know that they were there. Jesus, we know that you can cause that prison to shake with the power of the gospel. Yes, Lord. Father, I Jesus. pray in the name of Jesus that you would fill that place with your presence, that you would fill that place yes, with the power of God, that those pastors would not be eyes downcast, but they would have their eyes upon you, yes, that you would visit them Ooh. in the night, that you would give them dreams, that you would give them visions. Father, I ask that worship would arise in their hearts and that it would shake that place. 
Yes. That the nation of Nicaragua would be shaken with the power of the gospel, that the nation of Nicaragua would even be shaken with an earthquake, Father, is a sign of what it is that you want to do, that the witchcraft that has been poured into the ground would be removed Jesus. in the name of yes. Jesus, that the roots of wickedness would be jerked up and that the roots of righteousness would arise. Yes, Lord. Father, we ask that you would encourage every pastor as he the, uh, across the whole nation, Father, as this is in the news, as this is something that is happening, Father, we ask that they would not be discouraged, but that they would press into you, Father, as they're having these matutinos in the morning, as they are gathering together early morning, worshiping you, calling out to you, Father, that you would hear their cries and that there would be a great change happening in the nation of Nicaragua. Yes. We love this nation. We love this nation, Father, and we yes. ask that you would touch every governmental official, that Ooh. they would turn their hearts to you, that there would be a grand sweeping of the people that are in a power turning to you for salvation, Father. We know that there is nothing impossible for you and yes, that your Lord. heart is for every one of them to turn to you for salvation. Father, we ask that salvation, healing, and deliverance would continue Jesus. in this nation. We ask that the unity and the yes, spirit that's been happening from John 17 would continue, God, yes, because that is what presents your glory. Father, the unity of the people of God brings the glory of God in such a powerful way. So, Father, we ask for it. Continue. Yes, continue to shake the nation of Nicaragua in the love of God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we ask that, that you would continue your fire in yeah. Nicaragua. Freedom in Nicaragua. Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Take down those that are stiff-necked, who are in authority, Lord. That a year of your sovereign action. They made the wrong choice. Yes, Lord. So we ask you to put your foot down, Lord. You're moving in the earth in a great way. Yes, you Lord. can do whatever you want to do, and you're 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 doing extraordinary things. Yes. I watch, we watched you shake an entire nation, and so Father, I agree with everything that Audrey prayed. Yes, we thank you so much for life and peace. We ask you specifically that you set out all these captives free, Death Father, in free. Jesus' name. Free. We thank you for a sweeping change Jesus, in the governmental systems yes, and the Jesus. philosophy and the people that, that have power temporarily right now in Nicaragua, Lord. Put your foot down. Yes. Your will be done, Father, in Jesus' name. Yes. And we thank you for every single soul coming to know you in Nicaragua, yes. exploding throughout the rest of Central and South America, Lord. Put Wait. your foot down on this. Send it out in Thank, you. Thank you, Jesus, because there's no one like you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you guys. Stay in touch. Of course, Johnny will let us know what continues to happen and what, what update. Johnny, you can text me on this thing because you know, Elijah Streams will do a a good donation, but you can text me on that issue and uh, tell me what the needs are, if that's okay with you. So, all right. We love you guys already. We've just it's met. But to be able to be on your show and to be able to speak to your people. Thank you. Yes. Well, the honor's ours. And I mean, you guys are doing it for the gospel. I mean, you're, you're, you're really living out the thing. And frankly, you have for the last 30 years. I mean, if you're anything like uh, David Hogan, I mean, yeah, amazes me. <laughs> You, got, you all just amaze me. So, uh, but uh, you know, you're a hero. 
of mine already. So I just bless you in that. So, Thank all right, you. everybody. Thanks again. Right. Have a great day, everybody. And we will just see who is the next. I can announce this. So we will be back with Johnny on Monday. So see you with Johnny on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Bye -bye. Man, Jesus bless you. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.